Welcome to Sacred Magic. Violet is on a quest to bring sacredness back into our everyday experiences. Anyone can have an extraordinary life when they are able to tap into the sacred magic within. Violet and her guests will be sharing their divine passions, inspirations, and stories of connecting with their sacred magic. We are so happy you have joined us today. Let's get started with your host, the magical creator of Discover Your Spiritual Gifts, Violet Rain. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Sacred Magic. I'm your host, Violet Rain. My guest today is Melanie Cherie. I think that's beautiful. She's a lifelong medium who teaches highly sensitive souls how to master their sensitivity as their greatest gift. So share with us your story. Who are you? How how did you get to doing what you do today? Well, it all started when I was born. <laughs> Just <kidding. laughs> I love I that. Go that far back, but um, <laughs> I think that my very first memories as a child are of being highly sensitive. And a lot of my experiences were that of, um, you know, having monsters under my bed and people that were my imaginary friends. And um, as I got older, I really didn't know what to do with all of that information and stimuli as somebody who's psychic in the world with no real reference for what that is or what to do with that. Um, I kind of just believed that there was something kind of wrong with me. And as I got older, I started to really open up in my abilities. And I realized that there was a deep need to really hone that. So I actually have done quite an amount of extensive training um, in different schools that kind of cater to people who are psychic. Um, and I... Uh, just kind of allowed everything to open up from there. So what would you tell somebody that's sensitive to energies today? Because there's lots of people awakening or, you know, stepping into who they are. So what would you share with them? I think the most important thing you need to know when you are somebody who's highly sensitive or somebody who, you know, experiences a lot of energy, maybe you're going through an awakening, which can be kind of scary is to first and foremost, know that you are not crazy <laughs> and that you're not alone and that you don't have to be in the world as somebody who's highly sensitive and just deal with all of that input. There's a lot of people out there that have the experience of being an empath and really identify with that experience. And I think that that can almost be more harmful in some ways, because then you just think that you have to always be absorbing everything and experiencing everybody's bad emotions, essentially. And you don't really have anything to do with that. And um, my point being that if you can work through and really learn to manage your awareness of energy and your psychic abilities, they can really be your greatest gift. Um, that's really where my work comes in. I love that. I love that. So for people that are listening in your bio, it says I'm a lifelong medium. Let's explain to our guests on the show. What is a medium? Because a lot of people I find don't even know what that word is. Yeah, of course. So 
somebody who is a medium um, is somebody who is clairvoyant. They experience energy. They see energy. Um, I think there's kind of a Hollywood misconception about what being psychic and what being a medium is. And a lot of times people strictly think that I maybe talk to dead people only, but that's just kind of a fraction of what um, the psychic experience is for me personally. So, you know, I could identify as a psychic or a medium or a clairvoyant or an animal communicator, but it's all kind of, I think, encompassed by that word medium. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, in, in a lot of my teachings, I've been studying for over 20 years and different, just like you, different areas, you know, spiritualist camps, mystery schools, uh, development classes, all that. And what I have found is for most people, uh, all of us are intuitive. All of us have beautiful gifts, whatever that looks like, whether you connect in, recognize them, call them your gut feeling, uh, call them another label or name. We all have certain gifts that we step into, but not everyone is clairvoyant. Not everyone sees the energy of what we call mediumship of being able to see and connect into other dimensions and time frames and and um, energies. So um, that's kind of the difference that I've seen throughout all of my education and teaching um, is not everyone. And the truth is, mo a lot of individuals saw as children, and they noticed very quickly that nobody else saw what they saw. <laughs> right? It's a hard experience to have. <laughs> It is. And, and if you think about a child, most children have their gifts to about seven years old. So I love talking to small children because they're so open to see things, including fairies and spirits and all of that, that you can really kind of lean in and learn from kids because they are fully connected. And so I love to ask, what are you looking at? What do you see? What What's over there? What are you getting into, right? And when they figure out the other kids don't see what they see and mom and dad's asking strange questions, like you can tell they don't see what they see, <clears throat> right? We shut all that down. We close it down. I think that that is what happens. And um I, I don't really necessarily agree that some people don't have the ability that the clairvoyant ability, because I think that when you work energy and kind of heal that ability and heal that wounding around, you know, childhood and kind of being shut down in the sixth chakra, third eye area, um, there's so many people that come to me where they're feeling a lot or they're noticing a lot of sensations. And all of a sudden, as we begin to work together, that, um, you know, kind of sixth sense opens up. I, I almost think that, you know, a lot of our abilities are inherent, our ability to um, heal energy, our ability to see energy. And as we kind of grow into the world, they kind of get a little more shut down or there's, you know, an energetic block or some type of thing that comes in that really invalidates your ability to see. So um, there's been quite a few people that I've worked with that didn't think that they could get to that point, but you know, we started working some energy and all of a sudden they're like, oh my God, I'm seeing stuff. <laughs> it's true. It's true. But you also have people that want it so bad that that want and desire, I got, I want to do what you do. Well, it is a journey 
takes time. Um, um, and it takes trust and it takes working the energy. Um, and I don't think it can be forced. I think you, I think we all come in with one or two gifts personally that are stronger than all the others. And if you lean into those, the other ones will open, but it's not a forced book because I've seen too many people try to force it and you can't force it. And then a year or two later, they're, they're tapping in, but it took them leaning into what they already had and really developing those senses and heightening that to open up the rest of those gifts. Um, so I, I think you, I don't think you naturally, everybody comes in seeing, but I do think children have some really unique gifts of knowing, seeing, understanding that we lose along the way. I also, I also personally found that if we keep shutting our gifts down, they become harder and harder to open. So a lot of people with uh, children had gifts, they shut them down and then they get to adults and they start playing in this energy and they open them up and then they get scared again and they shut them down. Each time you do that, it gets a little bit more difficult to tap in and get open because spirit doesn't want to scare you. They don't want to frighten you. And when we get frightened and shut and cap off our gifts, it takes a little while to open all those back up again. So that's, at least in my personal experience, that's what I have found. So I always tell people, you know, you're asking for this, right? And then you see something when you're half asleep and it terrifies you and gets you scared because something just walked across the room and you're half awake, half asleep. And you're like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And you shut it down, right? It's about going back in and going, okay, it's a human experience. <laughs> <laughs> I got this. I definitely had that experience more than once. <laughs> right? Right? I think that's a natural reaction sometimes, but it's about going back and saying, "Okay, guys, I'm sorry, but can we do this like when I'm a little bit more prepared? I would really like to be able to lean in, right?" Well, it's, right. You know, it can be overwhelming and scary uh for people. And there's a couple differences that I've noticed. Some people are on 24 seven and some people can turn it on and turn it off. Um, I've always been lucky myself that I can turn it on and turn it off. Mine is not on 24 seven, but I have had friends and worked with people that they're on 24 seven and working with them to figure out how to set boundaries and expectations so that they can sleep of a night. And that may sound funny, but spirit is up all night long. They don't sleep. And so they can keep you up all night long. Um, so you got to learn those healthy boundaries too, at some point. Um, and it's so tough when you all of a sudden have an awakening and you're on 24 seven and you just are constantly getting that information or that communication or those feelings, things you're seeing all the time. It can just be really overwhelming. Well, and you got to think about it. Spirit is, has some human tendencies. They get really excited when you can hear them, when you can see them, when you know that they're there and their excitement, you understand that. They don't have a need to eat, sleep, rest. 
they're they're going right and so they're like come on melanie go with us today mm -hmm. i can't tell you how many times i've gone to go to sleep and as i'm going to sleep there's somebody speaking in a foreign language and they're talking and i'm like i don't speak french i don't speak italian and i'm falling asleep and as i'm falling asleep i can hear the conversation and i'm like you guys are going to have to come back with a translator <laughs> I don't know what's going on here, but I'm trying to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I really need rest. A few people would just know I need to sleep. I need to have rest. So talk about your neurodivergence and the connections for being. Yeah. So um, one of the things that I find really exciting about the world of the, you know, kind of medical industry, which is not exciting at all in any way, is that they have this terminology that is called neurodivergence. And once I discovered this terminology, I started to be able to kind of draw lines between the experience of being intuitive, empathic, psychic, and um, also being neurodivergent. And so neurodivergence kind of in a nutshell is um, having a range of different experiences, such as, you know, having ADHD, being distracted, being hypersensitive to sound, smells, textures, and other people's emotional states, hyper-focus, demand avoidance, executive dysfunction, emotional dysregulation, social burnout, food aversions, not really realizing when you're hungry. Um, there's so many different little pieces that as you kind of look at the spectrum of neurodivergence, you can see that there's really a correlation between being intuitive, empathic, or psychic. And all these things range from, you know, person to person, but typically when you're intuitive, you know, empathic or psychic, you're highly sensitive and emotional. You feel all of the feelings all of the time, the sensory input, the communication, the emotions, textures, smells, um, lighting preferences, food preferences. Um, you have a sense of knowing or seeing. Um, you're sensitive to the emotions and needs of other people. Maybe you're introverted or guarded, or maybe people describe you as kind of private. Um, people that are intuitive also tend to call it as they see it um, and are a little less interested in conformity and social norms, I've noticed, kind of forge our own path. And it's because of our sensitivity to literally all of the stimuli in the world that we end up kind of becoming something that we're not. So whether that's because of family expectation or societal expectation, um, we kind of carry around this protection or this persona or this mask. And oftentimes it's to fit in, to receive love, to not draw too much attention to ourselves as psychic, psychic sensitive people. Um, and because usually we've received a lot of criticism around being as highly sensitive as we are, um, so what ends up happening is we kind of lose sight of us, um, the way that that kind of intersects with neurodivergence is that all of those traits that I just spoke about where you're intuitive, empathic, or psychic align with the kind of, uh, medical terminology for being neurodivergent. Um, and I have a lot of people say to me, Melanie, you know, I don't think that I'm neurodivergent and I'm like, well, you don't think like other people and maybe you don't yet know what that is. So it might be something that's interesting that you could discover about yourself. Um, so that's kind of the 
the rundown on where my overlap comes in with this. And I end up, you know, working with a lot of people that I identify as neurodivergent. Um, but a lot of them were first told, you know, they only thought that they were maybe quirky or people tell them that they're funny when they weren't trying to be, or you've been told a lot that you need to toughen up. Um, a lot of people have been diagnosed as ADHD, BPD, borderline depressed, anxious, or any number of things. And um, to which some degree they might be, but I don't think that's the whole picture. Um, so well, you know, we get sensitive to all these energies around us, right? And it's, you know, me growing up, I was, I was diagnosed early on, if you can imagine, same, same. <laughs> in the seventies. So probably not as early on as you, but really early on for looking at these highly sensitive so I was diagnosed as hyperactive, which comes into a new form today and was placed on drugs as a child so that I could focus and concentrate, right? Mm -hmm. um, today, there's multiple, multiple definitions and all these things, whereas back then you hardly ever heard of it, right? Very few people were diagnosed and I was diagnosed because I couldn't sit still in class. I couldn't be still. I was constantly, okay, can we, can we, can we move on with this? Like well, you I'm were excited to be in the world. You were <laughs> at that body. You were ready to go. And everybody was like, can you sit down and be quiet and just do this one thing for five minutes? And you're like, I want to be excited about life. <laughs> Right. And so I drove the teachers crazy. Right. All that. And, you know, back then what they what they said long term was she'll learn to cope with it. And I have in my life. So you don't want to go to dinner with me because I will bounce the table because there's usually one leg that's doing 90 to nothing. So I can sit there. Right. And when right. I go to movies, my children laugh at me because I have to have a big box of popcorn because now you expect me to sit in this movie, pay attention. So I have to have something to do with my hands to be able to sit for two hours because um, at home I'm working on my laptop and watching a movie all at the same time because I need lots of things to do, right? That, you it know, becomes a balancing act of whether you're understimulated or overstimulated. Mm -hmm. And what that really is, is the body is trying to regulate all of that spiritual energy coming through. And when it stops coming through, you're understimulated. And when there's too much coming through, you can be overstimulated. Mm -hmm. So I find, you know, like with my, my plant obsession in my house, that's one of my ways that I can kind of bounce around and check on everything and go here and go there and keep busy. And if I have a moment, I'm just like, okay, plants, okay, work, okay, laundry, okay, dinner, okay, cl next client. It's just, you know, you kind of bounce around and um, when I'm feeling like I'm, you know, overstimulated, it becomes the space of, I need to meditate. I need to take time for myself. I need to reset and have an extra hour to maybe sleep in. Um, so yeah, that, that's definitely something I can relate with. You know, it's, it's all in learning how to cope. Right. Um, so it's all of that. So how do you imagine quite literally creating your reality? How can you utilize that to create? Well, I don't think that people really understand what I mean when I say you can literally create through your ability to imagine your world. And 
kind of going back into the world of science here in quantum physics, which is the study of everything that is matter, subatomic particles, um, they've kind of dictated that everything in our existence is energy. And that means your thoughts, your emotions, um, and all of it is energy. Um, we are kind of more so programmed in our society to really focus on stressing and worrying and running through scenarios in our head and anticipating the worst. And the issue with that is that most of us don't understand there's a correlation between our inner world and our outer world, meaning our waking lives. So what I have to say to you is that every single thing you interact with, every thought you have, everything you consume, all of it's energy. So that means the music you listen to, the cleanliness of your home, the food you eat, the shows you watch, they all affect your energetic vibration. And you can think of your thoughts and emotions as a physical construct, like let's say when you have a self-defeating thought or feel what it would feel like to experience a negative outcome, it's kind of like putting a dollar in a jar. And that jar is a savings towards a self-defeating experience where you get to also experience the emotions that go along with that thought. So when we break out of unintentionally asking the universe for these experiences, we can kind of start to um, start to create and imagine and put our energy towards and that proverbial dollar into experiences that we want to have. Um, so how do we break out of unintentionally asking the universe for these really crappy experiences? You have to go within and face that energy and resolve it. So maybe that's that repeating negative thought or that limit. Um, you have to consciously become aware of when you're imagining the worst possible outcome, worrying, anxious, and stressed, and realize what mental image you're creating. Because with this, you can't really, in my experience, love and light your way out of what you're already in by, by like really bypassing it. Um, it's not going to get to the root of why you keep putting energy into things you don't want. So I think many of us want kind of the diet miracle pill or the one fix answer. And with deep healing and energy work, oftentimes there isn't any way out, but through, um, which is why something like a vision board is so powerful. It creates not only an image, but a physical representation of what you're wanting to create and put your energy towards. Um, sitting in meditation is really powerful because you can sit down and really visualize what you want to create. And um, it's something that I think we don't really understand the depth and power of. I love that. I love that. So share with us a little bit <clears throat> about what you offer with clients. What do you what do you have an offer? Like if somebody wanted to work with you and learn more, share with us a little bit about some of the things you offer. Yeah, so I am a psychic, so I do readings and healings. Um, I do channeled healings. I do animal communication and healing kind of, you know, the core questions that people tend to ask are love, career, finances, um, you know, business, home, uh, next steps. And, um, I, I look at all of those things, but I think my, you know, strongest point is in kind of the healing realm. Um, so I do a lot of channeled healing and, um, I work with clients one-on-one -on -one in mentorship. So a lot of my clients tend to be spiritual business owners, entrepreneurs, um, or people that are going through kind of 
simultaneous spiritual awakening. And we work one-on-one to kind of sometimes work through the energy around what the experience is. And sometimes it's to help them create something new with their energy. Um, So it's a lot of one-on-one personal development in a mentorship space. I love that. So are these offered online? Yes. All of my offerings are remote currently. Um, I have clients everywhere (laughs) Um, and everything's, I'm doing it through Zoom. So um, yeah, all of my sessions are online currently. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we are providing the website and information where you can tap in, check out more about Melanie. Um, It's exciting. I'm in Denver and she's in Boulder. So we're really close neighbors, probably not like next door neighbors, but really close neighbors. So it's awesome to get to meet with you and chat with you today. It was nice to get to meet with you as well. Yeah. What an awesome conversation. I hope that you'll check out some of our shows and subscribe and follow us on all of our social media channels. And hopefully we get to see you in person at Discover Your Spiritual Gifts in Littleton, Colorado. Have a great day and thanks for watching or listening. Are you seeking an online spiritual education resource? Do you crave to know more about various topics of spirituality? Discover Your Spiritual Gifts Academy offers a wide variety of programs, including Crystal Alchemy, Tarot, The Journey of the Fool, Akashic Record Reading Certification, and much more. These online courses allow you to learn on your schedule and at your own pace. You can find out more at www.discoveryourspiritualgifts.academy. Thank you for joining us. To find out more about Violet, head over to discoveryourspiritualgifts.com. You can also send a personal message to Violet through email, violet at discoveryourspiritualgifts.com. If you love this show, subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Until next time, remember, we are all meant to have abundant and joyful lives. We hope to see you soon at Discover Your Spiritual Gifts.